0: luck and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Hope all of you had a great weekend. I'm Steve Dace, Todd and Aaron McIntyre here with me. Let us know who you are and what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. You can email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor Gab, and now Getter, G-E-T-T-R, by the way. You can go to all those places and check us out there. Just look for my name. You can also follow me on Twitter at show. And again, it's D-E-A-C-E. And if you're looking for clips of the program that are free for you to share uh, and sample, but also free of censorship. You will find them at rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. Again, that's rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. A little hat tip to our colleague, Robino mm-hmm. you know, for today's, sh- today's shirt. All right. Saw him sporting this, went out immediately and purchased one for myself. It says Fauci lied and people died. So. Yeah, I need one. Yes. They're available right now at Amazon. With an emphasis probably on right now. All of a sudden, if these things start getting popular, <laughs> Amazon's going to be like, yeah, we maybe don't want to carry that shirt. Okay. So, uh, thank you, Rob, for letting me know this shirt existed so that I will annoy everybody. Uh, I, in fact, today is uh, our uh, our family grocery shopping day and everything when I get off the air here. So, I mean, I'm going to be wearing this all over the place today,
0: you know. so Hope to start some... Nice, positive conversations. You know, that's me. <laughs> I mean, I'm always looking to edify. People
1: know that. I, they know that I have the spiritual gift of encouragement. They know that. All right. Encouraging you not to be an a-hole. That's my spiritual encouragement here today. Don't, don't be a douche. How's that? Is that good?
0: We'll see where it catches
1: you. Right. Right. There's, a, good,
2: there's there. another promo for you, right there. A,
1: at least a, that's about as good as I get, probably, is maybe a good way of putting it. I'm in a bit of a mood uh, today with what has gone on this weekend. I mean, I wish I had one of these things with me right now. Um, Yeah, I know I'm supposed to tell you that tasers are non-lethal self-defense weapons. They're small and lightweight. You can carry it around in your purse or the glove compartment of your car. Uh, And yet, despite uh, being a a small and in package, uh, they pack a wall up in incapacitating an attacker, uh, and it, it's saved hundreds of thousands of lives. Um, I, I know that. I know that's what I'm supposed to tell you, but I'm just really in a mood to just indiscriminately tase. Can I say that? Is that a crime, by the way, to indiscriminately tase? Do you know? Should we find out? Well, I'm in a mood to maybe find out. You can, uh, by the way, in most US states, own a taser device without a permit. So if you're thinking, you know, I could really use a little non-lethal self-defense and fun. uh, You can get your Taser today. T-A-S-E-R. T-A-S-E-R. Just go to uh, taser.com and use the promo code Steve. You'll get 15% off at taser.com, promo code Steve.
0: Odds are higher than ever before that random tasing will hit somebody who deserved it anyway. So
1: indeed, I, I'm I'm in the mood to watch a good tasing. I might even just jump online here during the break, uh, go on YouTube and just search tasers, tasings, and just in, enjoy uh, the scene uh, the, for at least a few minutes. I'm just in the I'm in the mood for a good tasing. We are going to tase you um, some lies and distortions because whoa, nelle. Have they been flowing freely all weekend long? This is, this is one of the worst weekends for disinformation. I can remember since this thing began. It's saying something. something. In fact, it might be the worst. We're like, everyone's wrong and right. People are actually right from the wrong premise. I mean, it's just, I I couldn't keep up with it. it. It is. It's a, the truth is a chloroformed room right now, okay? So at the bottom of this hour, next hour we'll have our Monday town hall uh, as a way of saying thank you to our, uh, our Gab following. We, hit, uh, we eclipsed over 10,000 followers there. So in, as a way of saying thank you, they get to do the ask me anything this week. And so they'll get to ask the questions for our town hall next hour. But at the bottom of this hour, I am going to attempt to filter through as much, distortion as possible when it comes to vaccines and efficacy and the Delta variant and the data. And um, I have no narrative here. We're just going to look at data. That's all we're going to do. All right. We're just, we're going to move beyond. Cause what do you do now when the, when COVID stands house is divided against itself? What do you do now when Fauci and CDC are are now doing dueling, and I don't mean D U A L, D U E L. They're at loggerheads. They're doing du- they're doing dueling narratives because CDC is putting out dueling samples of data that are not reconcilable either. All right. what do you do with this? You have a very very confusing weekend. So at the bottom of this hour. We will attempt to filter through as much of that distortion with clarity as we possibly can. But before we get there, of course, we begin with even more clarity, courtesy of Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
2: What happened while we were away, brought to you by Schizophrenia. The White House and its allies can't quite get its messaging straight and anything related to coronavirus. Late last week, White House Deputy Press Secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, hinted at more lockdowns. If scientists come to you at some point down the line and say, it is our opinion that there should be shutdowns and there should be school closures, you would do that. Well, we listened to, like I said, we listened to the CDC and the the expert and and their guidance. Not too long later, though. The way we see this is that we have the tools in our tool belt to fight this 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 variant to fight this vaccine and we we are not we are not going to head towards a lockdown. Nevertheless, over the weekend, Joe Biden was asked if Americans should prepare for more restrictions because of the Delta covid variant. Probability. NIH Director Francis Collins had this really super not confusing thing to say about the Delta variant. It is reaching very high levels and we are now once again seeing case levels
1: per day closing in on 100,000, which we haven't seen since February. So this is
2: really a different virus than last year. On Friday, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky told Fox News the government was, quote unquote, looking into a federal vaccine mandate. Later, she tweeted, quote, to clarify, there will be no nationwide mandate. Meanwhile, Dr. Anthony Fauci says you're violating other people's rights by not wearing a mask. A person's individual, individual decision to not wear a mask not only impacts them, Because if they get infected, even though they say it's my decision, if I get infected, I'll worry about that. But the fact is, if you get infected, even if you are without symptoms, you very well may infect another person who may be vulnerable, who may get seriously ill. So in essence, you are encroaching on their individual rights because you're making them vulnerable. By the way, here's what Dr. Fauci had to say about personal rights back in April. What objective... Uh, outcome do we have to reach before, before
1: Americans get their liberty and freedoms back?
2: You know, you are indicating liberty and freedom. I look at it as a public health measure to prevent people from dying and going to the hospital.
1: You don't think Americans' liberties have been threatened the last year, Dr. Fauci? They have been assaulted. Their liberties
2: have. I don't look at this as a liberty thing. In completely unrelated news, the American Medical Association stated last week that sex should be removed as a legal designation on public birth certificates. Science! The CDC-imposed eviction moratorium ended over the weekend. Renters all across the country now have to actually pay their rent again if they don't want to be kicked out. In New York, Governor Andrew Cuomo says, Private businesses, I am asking them and suggesting to them go to vaccine only admission. Go to vaccine only admission. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem tweets workers whose employers are mandating a vaccine for continued employment have the power to say no. Our robust economy and job market gives them the option to find a new employer that values personal choice and responsibility and doesn't force mandates on their employees. In Europe, protests against vaccine passports hit a fever pitch in places like France and Germany, where hundreds of thousands took to the streets over the weekend. Meanwhile, in Australia... Are you going to be going suburb to suburb, street to street, door to door, knocking on these, and actively looking for people who are in the wrong house and finding them on the spot? Yeah, look, absolutely. Overnight, we conducted hundreds of checks, particularly of those... Who were close contacts or who have the virus thankfully everyone was home as they were supposed to be on health advice also in australia the military then has been deployed to enforce lockdowns in various localities a reminder about daily defiance i want videos of you yes you listeners and viewers of the show Speaking at your local school board meetings or other public venues, holding your local officials to account for either COVID restrictions or other pressing issues, send your defiance to Daily Defiance 1776 at gmail.com or on Twitter at DaysProducer Producer using the hashtag Daily Defiance and your video clip could be featured on the montage. And finally, this is through the partnership that that's Joe Biden at some uh, governor's uh, event being uh, handed a uh, note governor. that says, quote, uh, Sir, there's something on your chin. Biden appears to wipe it off, and perhaps put it in his mouth. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: We all have elderly grandparents and parents that do things like this. They just usually do them in nursing homes, not while they're in the White House. That's good aaron's montage brought to you by rough greens we've been telling you about them for quite a while now it is the supplement powder that you spray on your dog's food so that all the vitamins minerals nutrients likely stripped from that food once it left the factory uh, go back in so your dog feels and even maybe looks better and healthier but you might be thinking hey what if what if our dog doesn't like it you know we we mix that stuff in with our uh, our pet's food and And they reject it. So, you know, it was a waste of my money. Well, here's one way to find out. We'll just give you the 14-day Jumpstart bag to get you started. We'll give you that for free. You just pay for the shipping, but the, the bag itself is free. So a couple bucks out of you for the shipping. The rest is on us to see if you don't see a difference in your pet. In two weeks or less, when you go to roughgreens.com, R U F F for roughgreens.com, or call 833 Rough Dog. Again, that is 833 Rough Dog. To Aaron's montage, we go, and I'm going to get into more specific data next segment. All right. But for now, I, I want to give you kind of a general overview. As you're watching the the whole system here collapse, I mean, COVID Stan is just it, it's collapsing upon itself, and it's even arguing with itself right now. I mean, I'm I'm seeing tweets from former CDC officials who have been lockdown Larry's this entire time that are now like, we just can't follow this any longer. It's all over the place, and the irony of this is that it's coming, it's all coming at a time when our overall COVID profile as a nation has never been better. Let me give you some examples, all right? Right now, on average, according to HHS, only 1.88 of all hospitalizations in America are somebody with a COVID positive test. Only 1.88 out of 100,000. That's our national average. Let me give you some more. In July, the U.S. suffered 8,361 total deaths with COVID. Last year, we suffered 9,335 in the last week of July alone. An average of 270 Americans died with covid per day in the month of July. If we assume all of those were deaths because of COVID, they weren't. But even if we assume that, that would make COVID only the seventh worst killer in America. In other words, not even an epidemic. Slightly higher than diabetes. About 240 Americans die per day of diabetes. And COVID is a little bit higher than that. That's your eighth place killer. According to CDC's own data, and I posted these charts today on all of my social media accounts. So you just go, all of them, all of them have these charts. You can grab them yourself. According to CDC's own data, you currently have a 99.5% chance or better of surviving a COVID infection if you're under the age of 65. You have a 99.41% of surviving a confirmed case of COVID before we even stratify for age and comorbidity. So a, a, a 0.5 IFR for everybody under 65 and a 0.59 CFR for everybody under before we ever stratify for age and comorbidity. And then you look at our old pal Sweden. Now, Sweden is undergoing a vaccination drive as we speak. So it's gone from 37% fully vaccinated about 10 days ago to 41% fully vaccinated now. In the month of July, Sweden recorded a grand total of nine Nine deaths with COVID. They actually code their COVID deaths similar to us. Anybody dies for any other underlying reason, but is positive for COVID. It is counted as a COVID death. In Sweden, in the month of July, they had nine in a nation of over 10 million. Lowest mask compliance in all the EU. Least locked down country in all of the EU. And again, 41% fully vaccinated. These trend lines are all really good. And you may think, why do we have all this confusion with this kind of trend line everywhere? See, I used to think that way too. And then I lived through the past few years. And I've I've evolved. I've gone from asking questions like why in the world do we have all this confusion given these data trends to realizing after what the last few years have done to me I now understand and realize that we have all this confusion because of these data trends.
0: Not a bug, a feature. Yes,
1: yes, yes. See, it is these... This is how you know that these data trends I'm citing for you are all accurate. Because this is why there's so much confusion. This is why not even COVID Stan can get on the same page. Because all of the empirical data works against their agenda. And so when that happens, when you no longer have the lid on the data... That outside of this and like four other platforms at this time last year, they had, they had a total lid on the data. It's more than four, probably seven or eight people with platforms that we were kind of joined with at this time last year, pushing back on this. But now the problem is this data is all over the world now. It's all over the world now. Everybody's looking at this stuff now. Now you've got CBS now using data to question Anthony Fauci. Because here's the other thing, as I told you last year. All branch Cavidians voted for Biden. Not all Biden voters are branch Cavidians. Even in St. Louis County. That's right, St. Louis County. They don't want to wear Chinese face diapers anymore either. Gavin Newsom has a recall within the margin for error. If you think he's rolling out tomorrow with face diaper mandates for all, as the great prophets Judas Priest once sang, you got another thing coming, okay? Gretchen Whitmer took a look at her internals earlier this year. In the Michigan, around the same time the Michigan Department of Health told her to shut it all down, she not only didn't shut it all down, she reopened everything, got rid of the masks. How come Arkansas Governor Aiden Hutchinson, Asa Hutchinson, I should say, how come Asa Hutchinson is getting his, 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 he's basically become the Mike DeWine of David French's. Well, he's not running for re-election. So he gets to show you his true colors. He doesn't, I, I, I need a special session so we can face diaper the kids again. He gets to do that because he's not running for re-election think he'd be doing that if you were no no similarly Mike DeWine is all night. well I don't think we need more mandates and uh masks uh, you know we we got other ways we can we can take a look at uh, dealing with this in Ohio a few of you when I post this data you'll tweet back to me or you'll Facebook back to me or comment back to me it's just too bad none of this will matter it you're dead wrong all of you are dead wrong you're somewhere between wrong and soft you bet your sweet bippy it matters. Because if it didn't, places like Michigan and California would look a hell of a lot more different right now. Even Cuomo knows He's basically begging the private sector to help alleviate some of the political strain on him. Hey, do you guys do you guys mind imposing some of these Vaccine mandates yourself, so I don't have to take all the heat. You know, I mean, they, they can just vote me out. They can't like vote out every CEO of every chain restaurant or every big box store. So, could you guys take on some of this, uh, uh, some of this, uh, some of this uh, burden as well? You, do you mind? I would really encourage you to do that. Take some of this off of me. It absolutely matters because. Let's go back to the very first day of the show this year What's the answer around here us us it absolutely matters looking at this kind of data if your kid is masked this year at school that is a you problem that is a you problem don't don't send me any emails complaining about it don't Circular file all will go. I believe most of the country has a little thing called a school board election here coming up in a in yes, a month, correct? They do. Yeah. And every school district has a school board, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And those are usually open forums, correct? Yeah. 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 And I I believe you're still allowed to pick up a phone or send an email or a text to other parents that feel the same way as you. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, this is what government by the consent of the governed means. It means you have as much tyranny as you will consent to. This was never going to end until we made it end. It was never going to end ever before that. I told you this in May when the masks went away for the first time. We are winning, but did I say we had won? No. No. Did I say they were in retreat? Yep. But is retreat the same as surrender? Nope. You're going to have to make them surrender you have to the same way every other generation had to make all other forms of tyranny surrender and it's going to take more of a confrontation than a speech or a very eloquently worded facebook post you're going to have to make it end so if 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 us arming you with all this data lends you to the conclusion of it won't make a difference that's on you then it's your problem You're perfectly willing to consent to it. So don't bitch. Don't complain. Take it like the plebe you are. Take it. Enjoy it. Relish it. It's inevitable. So just lie back and enjoy it. That's on you. That's on you. Don't curse your administrators for your kids choking out this year. Look in the mirror. Don't say Candyman five times. Say your own name. That's on you. At some point, you'll all have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Notice the enemy is perfectly comfortable making you uncomfortable. They seem to, or shall I say, he seems to, really enjoy it, as a matter of fact. Gets off on it. So then do something about it. You can see they can't get on the same page. Because they they have no narrative right now. They don't have one. They have united both sides of this against them. There were those of us from the very beginning who pushed back on lockdowns, called them immoral, so they wouldn't work. Pointed out the data that they don't work. And then there's another group of people that also thought better to be safe than sorry. And let's wait till we get vaccines, and then that'll be the key to getting our lives back. They have plungered up the rectum both of these groups of people now. They did it to the first group all of last year. And now we're sitting here with all kinds of economic and mental health data along the lines of everything we warned you about all of last year with lockdowns, that the juice was not worth the squeeze, that the cure was worse than the disease. Well, now there's another tier of people that thought they were going to get their lives back and not have to wear these face diapers anymore if they got vaccinated. And now they feel like they've been had and they've been lied to too. COVID stands running out of a base here. The ground is shrinking beneath their feet. That being said, the ground was shrinking beneath Hitler's feet for many, many moons. And it wasn't until he heard the tanks from allies approaching both the east and west of Germany with earshot that he went down in the bunker and did himself in. He was losing that war four, five, six, seven, eight months beforehand. It was just a matter of when it was lost. But dude didn't bite the bullet literally until it was clear there was no other way out. He was cornered. They're not going to just, until that moment, There will never be a time that COVID stand will just say, all right, we tap out. You're right. Good argument. You beat us. Appreciate it. Nope. You're going to have to drive that point home. And you're going to have to do it in spite of a lot of Republicans, like, say, Christine Ohm, who has now failed two major tests to protect femininity from the rainbow jihad and to protect you from corporate fascism. via the jab. Now, what do those two issues have in common? On the surface, they may seem to have nothing in common. Oh, but they have everything in common. See, the rationale, the motivation for her disappointing stance on each is the same. She prefers business interests and defending those to your individual freedoms and liberties. That's why she went soft on training madness. And that's why her eloquently worded tweet is just, you know, go get another job. I got nothing for you. Now it kind of makes you think that maybe her real valiant stance against COVID stand last year really wasn't so much about protecting the individual rights and freedoms and liberties of South Dakotans as much as it was protecting South Dakota's business interests. That seems to be How do you reconcile now what she did with COVID on what she's done with the two biggest issues that have emerged in the country since? Forced vaccination and gender training madness. The only thing that reconciles them is she's just chosen the side of business interest on all three. Businesses didn't want to be shut down last year. Businesses don't want to lose an NCA event because uh, and and the traffic and tourism for that because you took a stance on the trainees. And businesses want to be able to tell you and dictate to you what you do and don't put in your body in order to work here or be a customer here. That's the only consistency. So we want government to meddle in business now? Government's job and only job is to protect my God-given rights. Businesses don't have rights. Neither do governments. People do. Individual people do. And their job and the pledge they take is to defend our freedoms and liberties against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. But you're right. I'm sure if some Tory loyalist, after the the Redcoats left Yorktown, decided, you know what, I'm going to have a few hang back and and join me here in my pub or at my silversmith shop or on my farm, I am sure the founding fathers would have said, it's a private business. They can do what they want.
0: Right.
1: So this is the opportunity. The enemy here is in a state of mass confusion. They are scattered. They are divided between the political realities of what the American people are still willing to tolerate and then their own fanciful vision quest of what they would still like to do. When your enemy is divided, when they are scattered, that is the moment for you to take advantage. But we have to take advantage. What's the first word of take advantage? Take. Take take. We must take advantage. It will not be handed to us. We must take it. You know, we keep hearing about politicians follow the science, like the mayor of Washington, D.C. Follow the science for another mask mandate. Well, I then go out and officiate a wedding with no masks, right? The Obamas are getting ready, ready to have a huge party on Martha's Vineyard, no masks. But they will have somebody there to observe to make sure that the other COVID protocols are are followed, of course. Um, on this show, we've actually been following the science, been recommending you do things on a preventative health level to make sure that if you do have a COVID infection, things like your vitamin D levels are high enough Uh, from an immunity standpoint to help you fight it off. Things like uh, making sure you use products like fields of greens or field of greens loaded uh, with 18 different USDA organic fruits and vegetables, the kinds of things that help to support heart health, metabolism, blood pressure, digestion, Um, the kinds of things that can help to weaken your immune system that's the kinds of things that this product helps to strengthen. And with just one scoop and any water-based drink, you mix it and you're good to go, you're going to get more fruits and vegetables than the average American will probably get in a day, if not more. All right, so if you want to check it out, they've got new flavors as well. I'm using the wild berry right now. It tastes great. BrickHouseSteve.com is where you can go. Use My Name Steve as the promo code at checkout to get 15% off at BrickHouseSteve.com. Again, BrickHouseSteve.com, promo code Steve to get 15% off. Yes, I am wearing a Fauci lied, people died t-shirt today. And it's very apropos because this, this just concluded weekend was full of as much misinformation from every direction as I can remember since the beginning of COVID. So... We've already sort of laid out for you in broad terms how the data shows things in the country are trending very well. I want us to now zero in on the Delta variant, and I I wanna look at how it performed in other countries. And we're gonna do this with two countries that have higher vaccination rates than the United States. And then we're going to look at one with a much, much lower vaccination rate so that we get a well-rounded sample. Okay, let's start in the UK. Now, the UK did not come out of lockdown until July 19th. Its Delta variant case climb began around June 4th. From that day to its peak on July 17th, about 43 days, cases in the UK rose a whopping 770. However, there was not a parallel stark rise in deaths in the UK. In fact, the UK, with a population of 66 million, hasn't eclipsed 100 daily deaths since March 23rd. That's actually 130 days ago. It is reasonable to also assume that the natural immunity levels in the UK are lower than because of the longer lockdown too. Now, the UK is currently reporting 55.9% of its population is fully vaccinated compared to 49.1% of the US. So, I mean, that's not a statistically insignificant difference, but it's really not that much bigger when we start looking at these massive population sizes. And so you also have to assume that the US has more natural immunity because we've been far more open and for far longer. So now let's go to Israel. Israel had one of the strictest lockdowns in the entire industrialized world. Israel went weeks reporting zero cases, until it reported 123 out of nowhere on June 21st. July 28th, it hit a current peak of 2,328 cases. That is a massive 1,700 and 93% increase. Now, it's still too early to tell if Israel has hit its case peak. It has been above a couple thousand for the next couple of days, but lower than where it was July 28th. If it has reached its peak, that would put Israel at about a 37-day escalation scenario, so within range of what we saw with the UK at 43 days. However... The highest daily deaths Israel has recorded over these 37 days of case escalation is just four. And that's in a country of over 9 million. It has not hit double figures in deaths since June 10th. That's 52 days ago. Given Israel's far stricter lockdown, it's also reasonable to assume it has a lower rate of natural immunity than the U.S. as well. But Israel also reports 62.1% of its people are vaccinated, which is almost 25% higher than the U.S. So now we've looked at two countries with higher vaccination rates. Let's go and finally look at India, where Delta variant originated. Remember, it was originally the Indian variant. The daily case curve there in India with this variant began to escalate around March the 18th. From that date until its peak on May 8th, that's 51 days, cases rose an absolutely insane 945% in that country. Now, India has a population of 1.4 billion. To put that in perspective, that is more than three times the total populations of the United States, the UK, and Israel combined. That could also explain why its escalation scenario lasted longer. Because there were more people, a larger herd. 50 days later, cases in India decreased over 800% from that peak. But now, unlike what we saw with the UK and Israel, India did see a parallel rise in deaths. Daily deaths in India exceeded 5K on May 23rd or about two weeks after the case peak. So that is the same lag period that checks out with what we've seen throughout the course of the pandemic. Cases spike, two to three weeks later is when you will see an associative spike of hospitalizations and deaths. Now, 5,000 dead is a much larger number in a day than than India had ever recorded. Still, in a country of 1.4 billion, that is statistically not a very high number. But you cannot ignore the fact, though, that deaths rose in India during its escalation scenario 3,115% from where they began. India also has one of the lowest vaccination rates in the free world at 6.7%. However, the daily deaths in India did drop 818% over the next 50 days From that peak, and they are still dropping as we speak in real time, by the way. This would imply the higher levels of natural immunity because of the paltry vaccine numbers there. So what does this mean for the Delta variant here in the U.S.? From a public policy perspective, and that's how we've always looked at this now, we're not doctors. When we want to talk about treatments, we bring on people that actually do this. Dr. Ryan Cole, Dr. Uh, Peter McCullough, for example. Tomorrow we're going to have Dr. Robert Malone, who first patented the MRNA technology on the show. So when we get into treatments, we go to people who are specialists in that area. We, though, are specialists in this, on this show uh, as public policy analysts. So we're looking at it from that perspective, because that's also the perspective that your polit- politicians should be looking at it from. The, a country is more than a public health department or more than a hospital or more than a hospital system. There are far broader concerns you have to weigh because any action you take will have an equal or opposite reaction. So is the cure worse than the disease? So we strictly draw conclusions on this show from a public policy perspective because that's our area of expertise, not specific treatments. All right, I think that we can draw three conclusions From a public policy standpoint, from this data sample, number one, let's look at transmission. From a transmission standpoint, it's pretty clear in all three of these countries that the Delta variant is going to Delta variant, all right? Neither lockdown or higher vaccinated countries could stop their escalation scenarios. And I would argue that our escalation scenario began around July 13th, which would be 20 days ago. Now, cases were rising in the country before then, yes, so we could still quibble on what the exact launch date is from the time prior, but we cannot argue how much cases have risen since that date. Since that date, cases in America have risen 216%. The case escalation scenario from these other countries would also suggest we're about halfway through ours. Again, we could quibble, are we on the front half of halfway or the back half of halfway or right at halfway? But we're probably somewhere in that range. Given on when you think this started. And given the rise in breakthrough cases, meaning cases of people who are vaccinated in the U.S. um, Bloomberg just found there's been over 100,000 of those in the country. That coincides as well with what we saw in Israel and the UK, which are each more fully vaccinated than we are. Number two, death numbers in the US remain at record lows since the pandemic began, which is the pattern we observed during the escalation scenarios in the more vaccinated UK and Israel, but not the paltry vaccinated India. On June 10th, before the current Delta variant escalation scenario, the US recorded 489 deaths, Fifty days later, on July 30th, right at the heart of our current Delta variant escalation scenario, the U.S. reported 419 deaths. During our Delta variant escalation scenario, we have recorded record low numbers of daily deaths since we started charting them in March of 2020. Therefore, we are currently following the same epidemiological pattern— as the more vaccinated UK and Israel, such as skyrocketing cases while deaths remain at record lows, and not the pattern we saw in the paltry vaccinated India, where both exploded simultaneously. But what about hospitalizations? Well, deaths and hospitalizations tend to rise congruently. Hence, from a public policy standpoint, there's really no need to break them out. In other words, if we're not having a death rise in the U.S., hospitals aren't suffering collectively either. Now, let me stop there and pause for a clarification. We are offering more treatments in hospitals now, like remdesivir and Regeneron, than we were before when it was, go home, isolate for eight months, and if you can't breathe, come into the ER, we'll put you on a ventilator and hope you don't die. So, hospitals are, still off, are now offering more treatments. So, there would be more reasons to visit an ER, even if you won't be admitted, you may just want to get a monoclonal antibody treatment. So that's why I use the phrase here, suffering collectively, because we could see an increase in ER visits without a subsequent rise of death for people going there for treatments, right? That's also why the hospital number I cited for you last segment was admissions, not ER visits any longer. We're looking at COVID-related admissions. Only 1.88 of every 100,000 hospital admissions in the country right now are because of COVID, okay? Is, did i clarify that okay? absolutely yeah. and that was that's very an important, important that's a yeah. very important distinction we had to draw here okay so so let's go to india for our third conclusion india does tell us though that our public health officials and media are ignoring natural immunity at their own peril because yes ivermectin was used there by several indian states but not systematically enough to account primarily for the large decrease there within such a vast population however You know what would account for it? Seroprevalence would, i.e. hitting a herd or population immunity threshold. That would account for it. If we're going to credit the vaccines for keeping deaths low in the countries with the with uh, or keeping deaths lower than they are with countries with lower vaccination rates, then we have to be intellectually honest about India at the same time. So just as the data clearly implies that the COVID therapeutics couldn't contain Delta transmission in Israel and UK, but still helped to keep deaths down, in India, the data implies natural immunity was the primary weapon that crushed its curve, although at a higher cost of life. Now, both of these scenarios should be good news for us, because since we've been one of the most open countries for a year now, we should have a higher rate of natural immunity, too. We also don't have a caste system with a permanent underserved, underprivileged uh, by on purpose, purposeful acts of government doing so like what they have in India. And we also have about almost half the country fully vaccinated as well. It's right about 49 percent. Therefore, it is possible here that we could end up with the best of both worlds versus Delta. We could potentially keep deaths down and have a shorter escalation scenario with therapeutic vaccines and natural immunity working together. This constant ignoring and dismissing of natural immunity by our health and media elites is doing tremendous damage to their credibility in real time. Natural immunity is clearly our friend right now. Meanwhile, and I say this as someone who vehemently opposes vaccine mandates. I remain skeptical of the long-term efficacy of these mRNA vaccines. But I just don't believe that you can make the claim that they did nothing to help the death rate in Israel or the UK at all. We can argue about what, it, what the level of help was. And then you can argue with me about whether the side effect risk is worth that output. But you cannot, in good conscience, make a blanket claim that they didn't save any lives in those countries. It just, you just can't. The data clearly suggests they did. There's no other way to explain how deaths remained low in lockdown countries with low natural immunity during their escalations because they're not using ivermectin in Israel and the UK. So that means you have to wrestle with what happened in India. So, what does this all mean? It means we should be coming together right now and not being torn further apart. It means vaccine mandates won't stop transmission. They're dividing us needlessly. Uh, As, by the way, is completely dismissing the role vaccines seem to have played in mitigating some level of severity at the same time. The data clearly suggests, at least for now, that we need both therapeutics and natural immunity to crush the curve and keep deaths low. That calculus may change with future variants or future adverse side effect data. But for now, based on the data we've looked at so far, that appears to be strongly the case. Now, of course, Delta, like most variants and mutations, could also just be a weakening of the virus as it looks to find its place to endemically survive. That could also explain higher transmissibility with lower lethality to some extent, but we still must confront the Indian death rise. The Indian death rise occurred. We still must confront that. Finally, as I pointed out last segment, we are winning here in real time. The truth is our friend, Let the data speak for itself to have public health officials and media elites act as if they're a hammer and everything is a nail only breeds suspicion and division. Let the truth have its day and let's just simply follow the data. Now, we're going to have an ask me anything coming up in the next hour but I'm going to start by letting Todd and Aaron ask me anything first in response to all the data here that we just shared. And then we'll get into your questions here next. (laughs) Fauci lied, people died. Back with Hour 2 here, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Days alongside... Aaron McIntyre, and Todd Erzin. You guys have been very, very patient. I appreciate that. We're going to let you talk here in just a few minutes. Uh, first, let us know what you think about what we think. Look for me, Steve Dace, on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor Gab, now Getter. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Show or email the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Uh, again, D E A C E is how to spell the last name. And if you, again, want to see free clips of the show that are also free of censorship, go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well. Again, rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Finally, if you're a podcast listener, thank you. You played a major role. In the massive growth of this program, particularly in the last year, please, if you haven't done so yet, uh, hit the five-star review up for the program. Also, the subscribe or follow button, depending on which podcast platform you prefer. Those of you that have done that, thank you very much. You have also paid or played even a larger role in our growth, and we just we cannot thank each and every one of you enough for doing that for us. So, thank you again. All right, coming up here this hour, it is our Monday Town Hall Ask Me Anything brought to you by our friends over at ExpressVPN. So you probably uh, think when you're browsing incognito that you really are incognito, right? Eh, Not so much. You ever read the fine print of that? Uh, It says that your activity still might be visible to your employer, school, your ISP. So how do they even... Get away with calling it incognito to really stop people from seeing what you're doing online. You need uh, to do what I do and use ExpressVPN. I've got it installed on all of my machines, including my phone and my uh, my laptop here in the studio. Because if you think about all the times you've used Wi-Fi at a restaurant, a coffee shop, a hotel, your parents' house, every site you visit could be logged in by the administrator of that network, and that's still true even when you're using incognito mode. You want to truly go incognito? Check out ExpressVPN. Uh, it encrypts all of your network data, reroutes it all through a network of secure servers, so that your private online activity stays just that—private. Uh, and they, it, you literally just use this with one button. Uh, you tap it to connect, and your browsing activity is secure from prying eyes. If you want to stop letting strangers invade your online privacy, protect yourself at Express V, as in victory expressvpn.com slash steve. Again, use my link, expressvpn.com slash steve. Find out how you get three extra months for free. Find out how to get three extra months for free when you go to expressvpn.com slash steve. All right, let's get to it. It's our Monday Town Hall, Ask Me Anything. Our followers over at Gab will get to ask most of the questions this week. But we're to let Todd and Aaron chime in first and foremost, because you guys were very patient Why, while I just unloaded data, uh, a cornucopia, a bazooka cannon of data here in the first hour of the show, trying to provide some clarity to what I think is the most confusing weekend we've ever had since COVID began. So we'll start. Aaron, I'll go with you first. What do you think?
2: So after after listening to all of that and seeing, seeing the wide swath of vaccinated, unvaccinated, natural immunity, not natural immunity, and, and the reasonableness of, uh, of why the countries that were chosen were chosen. I, I've seen a few people posit this or play around with the idea that there is really no such thing as the Delta variant, that this is just a fifth, sixth wave, similar to the Sun Belt wave that mm-hmm. we had last year, which makes sense. It's Really, really hot outside. People are heading back indoors more often for longer periods of time. Could you make the case that this is based on the data that you just shared? Could you make the case that there really isn't a Delta variant?
1: I could. Now, I could make that case implicitly. It could be implied from the data in that you're seeing you're seeing similar trends of behavior according to the data. I can't empirically say that. I don't have the means by which to test that in a lab. I'm not qualified to do it. I don't have, even if I were, I don't have the means to do that. Okay. But could this just essentially be the second Sunbelt wave? I mean, in terms of the behavior of our media and everybody else, a lot of the same conversations, we were looking at immigration numbers across the border last year, right? And looking at those counties that bordered the, that bordered Mexico and Texas and the uh, the overwrought percentage of COVID cases and hospitalizations that per capita came out of, like Hidalgo County compared to mm-hmm. the upper part of the state. A lot of this does seem to be the same conversations we were having a year ago, okay? and And I would also agree that, even the data of more transmissibility and fewer deaths also would line up with the notion that it's just this longitudinal wave scenario where, where now there are, there is, there's fewer elderly that have not either been vaccinated or have natural immunity. So there's, there's less available of the most vulnerable, number one. Number two, we have treatments we're offering. Now, I, I don't think much of the data on Remdesivir. Um, I'm much more positive on the data on Regeneron. That's what Trump was actually given last fall. That's, the that's I believe, the brand name for the monoclonal antibodies, I believe. Yep. All right. So, so we're doing more treatments than we were doing this time last year where we were still in, if you test positive, go home, isolate. If you can't breathe, go to the ER. They'll put you on a ventilator. So between a healthier population that's more aware, more treatments, some role of therapeutic vaccines and, um, and then fewer, less amount of dry timber out there for a virus to infect a second time around Would this line up from a data standpoint. I ha- and I know some of the people you're talking about, they're all data people too. Mm-hmm. And so the data profile does look, I don't know that it would look v- much different if we, if, if we were just calling this the second Sunbelt wave and not a Delta variant. I don't know that it would look much different in our country. So, I, I I would not dismiss that that claim at all. But I'm not. I'm also not qualified to to make that claim at the same sure, time. Sure, sure. Todd, what about you?
0: Well, I just saw. Justin Hart post a little while ago, something that is not gonna come as a surprise, but I just He's one of
1: our OG COVID stand pushback OGs from day one guys. Yes.
0: Just want to reset it. Uh nine I I don't know the population, the particular country he's talking about here, but it nine he's been solid all the way through. Ninety-six percent of deaths had two or more comorbidities. Sixty-seven percent of deaths had six or more existing Mm -hmm. conditions, eighty-seven percent of hospitalizations had two or more conditions now india that number five thousand. it put in context of that places uh, th- that that country's population it, it listen it, for, it's we're talking about data we're not talking about the value theologically speaking of individual lives but it is a, a tiny tiny number you know what they don't have over there in india per capita like we have obesity, diabetes. Hey, it's not a paragon of health over there, but they don't have those things like we do. I put all that out there to ask you this question. Why do I have to care about the efficacy of vaccines on any level and advocate for that? Even though I, listen, me, the, the uh, anti-vaxxer here, Steve is absolutely right. It, you, don't be stupid. Don't deny the fact that they have some therapeutic value but it's not full stop there this is not a disease that is a thief in the night of children or the person my age right now this is not any more dangerous to me at my age at my health condition than the flu is it just isn't so until we start talking about comorbidities and age stratification if you show me a graph that talks about it's only the unvaccinated are getting this Why should anybody like me participate in the vaccines have a therapeutic value conversation at all? Why should I give anybody that grace? Will they will not give grace on any number of fronts?
1: I think that's an excellent question. And. I think that there is there is, I think, a distinction that I feel I have to draw. Between. How I push back against people that want to impose their will on me unfairly and then what my general mission is with this show, which is to pursue the truth, okay? Yeah. Since my intention in this conversation is just to figure out and to help myself and others get to a place of clarity during what has become now the most confusing moment, I believe, since this entire thing began. Uh, at, at, on, on that level, I'm just now, I'm, 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 j- I'm not an ideologue. I'm now, I'm now just, let's just start with what the data says and let's establish some form of plumb line here. Because right now we've got the CDC arguing against its own narratives. It's, it's putting out two different narratives at the same time. It is putting out, it is putting out data that shows there is a possibility of a higher viral load in the vaccinated. Where well, actually there is data in a place like Israel where that could seem to be true actually. The problem is it put this data out from our country using 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 a study in India with a completely different vaccine that was not that was not peer reviewed in a paltry vaccinated country number one and then number two it's it, it 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 put it out using what it did cite in our country specifically contradicts what their holistic data also shows. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we're in a place right now where even when CDC is warning us about something that does exist in some other places, it is using terrible evidence and data to do that. And so spot the lie. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, I, the first thing I think we had to do here is get to a place of clarity and plumb line because we are dealing. I am pro-life. I'm not allowed to bear false witness. That's my belief system. I don't get to do to you totally what you get to do to me. My belief system doesn't allow me to do that. I don't get to re- I don't get to return mustard gas for mustard gas, and I know you agree with that. Yes, right? So we're always going to be at some form of a disadvantage. well, we assume we're at some form of disadvantage tactically because there's just some depths and 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 plump that we can't plummet to. This is why I want to start with what's the truth. Because I think the way we overcome tactical disadvantages like what you're talking about, why should I give you any benefit of the doubt when you have... You still won't allow a single... There's not a single state in this country, still. Not even Ron DeSantis is Florida where they have made it available for you to go get an ivermectin prescription specifically for uh, COVID anywhere you want in a state as a prophylaxis. Not one. So if you're going to lie about that, why should I give you the benefit of the doubt on anything? To me, that argument comes into play when you want to mandate something on me, and we go to the public policy standpoint, right? Yeah. But before I have to get there, I need, I believe, to know what the truth is. And and so like a, a good friend of ours texted us during the break. They're so fed up with this, they're, they're going out and getting a high-priced civil liberties attorney to push back on this. And they said, hey, if you were his client, what would you want to ask him? And I said... We need some form of a lemon test here, okay? Because right there's now, a lot of lemons. yes. Because right now, what what efficacy must the state prove to infringe on civil liberties? Because we all are pro life on this show. If 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 data showed that masks absolutely were lifesavers, would we have taken a different position on this in the last year, perhaps? Perhaps, perhaps, yeah. to some degree. Yeah, to some degree. Okay. We still, we still might have taken a not big a fan of a mandate, but you do need to know you are taking somebody's life right. into your own hands if you don't wear a mask. At the very least, we would have done that. Yes. At the very least. Right? Yes. But did the data show that? No. No. So right now we're in a position, and I think this is where the premise of your question is solid. We're in a position right now where COVID stand doesn't have to prove any, any efficacy at all and then just gets to impose. Yes. OK, and that leaves us arguing against impositions. But, but that's a typical argument to make, because the minute we come out with with uh, 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 the minute we come out against impositions, the immediate pushback is you hate grandma. You're trying to kill people because we they're not they don't have to establish any efficacy. It's like if a prosecutor got to accuse you of murder. But never had to present any evidence that you did it. Right. And then and then you just go up there to defend yourself. And every time you could you could point out data that I wasn't even in here. You, you, I'm not on your you videotaped the event. I'm not in there. And the whole time they just they get to say, uh, what do you, uh, you, you 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 just want murderers to go free? You love murder, do you? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And the judge just sits there and says, all right, hey, murder's bad. They accused you. You're yeah. guilty. We, we can't win that way. We, we have got to force them. To prove, and I'm all for people like Liberty Council, I, I just gave them, I'm about to give them the biggest individual donation I've ever given anyone in my life. So at this point, I would argue, by any means necessary, to exempt yourself from a vaccine mandate, by any means necessary, because we don't know the long-term efficacy of these vaccines or their side effects. We don't know that. But eventually, we got to win an argument where we establish a precedent That the state must prove some form of efficacy before it dares to impose on civil liberties. That the juice is worth the squeeze. Right now, we don't have that. Because I said so. Because the data. Even in the cases we've won, like I cited last hour, where Gretchen Whitmer overrode her Department of Health in Michigan. Did she do that because of poor efficacy or poor internal polling? What do you think the answer is? The latter. The latter. At some point, we must establish a legal framework where there must be an efficacy threshold that the state must cross before we begin even having conversations about limiting civil liberties. If we don't do that, then we're always, it's always going to come down to might makes right. There is, no law, there's no, it, th- th- there is no rule of law. It's just rule of mob. And my mob is bigger than yours, or my mob has guns and yours don't. We, right now, the state doesn't have to prove any efficacy. They just get to make claims. They get to make claims that the vaccinated are spreading the virus, take two days to put out their data, and then the data they put out actually contradicts all the other data they've previously put out on the subject. But still, vaccinated must wear masks. Do you know? So I'm trying to get us to a place where the burden of proof is on them and not just us. What is your lemon test? What is your efficacy threshold? And no, I need more than every study ever done on the question showed masks don't stop airborne viruses, which is why we don't haven't worn them for flu season our whole lives. And then suddenly, when it becomes the new political solution in June of last year, a switch gets flipped, and you're just loaded for bear with studies that show masks worked, but none of them are are controlled studies or randomized studies. Funny how that works. You see what I'm saying? If we don't force a debate on efficacy, then we have no, we have nothing to push back with other than we just have our own mob now. And eventually, they're going to wear us down. And eventually, people are going to say, yeah, this is so bad, we have to do something about it. So I want us to Figure out, first and foremost, do these things work at all and to what rate? There is simply no amount, there is no data anywhere in the world, in this country or anywhere in the world that shows that these vaccines limit transmission of this virus to the justification of a mandate. They just don't. They just don't. We should force them to have to prove other... To prove that they do. Right now, they haven't been forced to have to prove the, va- the mass work. Nothing. And so I'm trying to drag that question out. I'm trying to force them to meet some credibility threshold other than trust the experts, follow the science. Right? Yeah. Does that, does that answer your question? Oh, I meant so. But when it comes to interacting with would-be tyrants... I think your attitude is exactly correct. I I will grant you no accommodation because you have granted me none. So I don't believe we're having, we're unevenly yoked here. And the Bible commands me not to be unevenly yoked. Uh All right. So why would, so this is where we kick the dust off our sandals. And Jesus says it would be better for Tyre and Sidon. Now, why, what was unique about those places? Correct me if my biblical history, if I'm wrong, but I believe those were the countries of, uh, that, that, that Ed Jezebel was from, or the cities so. of the country yep. that she was from, like the worst queen in all of the Bible, her husband, the worst king in all of the Bible. So what Jesus is basically saying is those cities that provided the worst of the worst of your ruling class, it will be easier for them on the day of judgment than it will be these other places that have rejected your message. So, if you come to me and say, I get to impose my tyranny on you, then I'm going to come back the way you just suggested. Uh, no, you don't. And I will offer you no benefit of the doubt because none is being offered to me. So, my answer is not just no, it's hell no, and come and try to enforce it. Let's see what happens. But but in, if in, in another arena, it's a little bit like, do we kick the dust off our sandals or do we provide... Uh, apologetics for our belief system yes depends on the situation Uh yes okay when it's very clear that this is not an honest conversation happening here and you're not open for business intellectually that is when i kick the dust off my sandals and move on until it's clear there though then we provide the apologetic framework for why we think this way and i probably could have just simplified my answer by just coming up with that it was all good like 10 minutes ago All right, more questions. Aaron.
2: We'll go now to something completely different. Doug McCone says, I'd like to hear your opinion of Iowa State's conference future. (laughs)
1: The most awkward. Oh, gosh, I love this show. This has got to be the most awkward segue of all time. You're welcome. Uh, My opinion is that Iowa State and the rest of the Big 12 would be wise Unless, either, unless the Big Ten or Pac-12 come calling. And then if they do, then you have to kind of look after your own backside. But barring that, they would be wise to stay together for as long as they can, to force Texas and Oklahoma to stay in the conference for as long as they can, all the way to the last day, and milk the amount of money that will, that will come with that association for as long as they possibly can. That would be my first piece of advice, to Be patient. That's my answer. These All
0: situations right. actually have a lot. It's not as awkward a segue as you think. They have a lot to do with each other. Just terrible people doing terrible yes. things terribly. Yes. Yes. Uh, to one another. The, the the plumb line for truth. What's the purpose mm-hmm. of science? What's the purpose of a university? What's the purpose of athletics? We nobody has any idea anymore. Anyway. That's a, that's it's, an excellent. Point. And about far, Big. It's business. If one more person says it's it's just business. You're all liars. Every damn one of you. It's not supposed to be fundamentally a business. You need to understand the business side of it. But the reason we're in this position is because all you foos keep drinking that Kool-Aid over and over and over again.
2: Well said. Up next, Vaughn asks, how do you endure the cost of being the final vaccine holdout remnant in your family? I'm getting so much pressure and feel the media and administration has manufactured this hostility and empowered civil discourse within the family. The church doesn't seem to help either by punting on these issues.
1: Well, I think, first of all, are you the last holdout for a good reason? Okay, are you the last holdout just because um, I don't want to give in, because I started off skeptical and I'm going to end it that way? Um, You know, if you look at one of the most seminal works in the history of the faith, whether you agree with it or not, you cannot argue that Martin Luther's 95 Theses did not change the trajectory of Christianity in the world. And if you read the introduction to them, you can basically sum up his preamble with these words. All of the Christian life is a life of repentance. So I think we always have to check our own motivations. And doing the right thing for the wrong reason, because the results are good, that will get you celebrated in conservative political circles. But that's actually not how the Christian ethic plays itself out. Actually, there's more benefit to failing for the right reasons than succeeding for the wrong ones. So we got to constantly check our motivations. By the way, that's not my argument, Vaughn, for you to go out and get vaccinated. But you're asked, to me, the question you're asking about is broader than vaccination. This could be applied to anything that the world or the culture Mm -hmm. or the world system squeezes in on us about, Okay. So just remove the term vaccination and put anything in there. Put trannies in there, abortion in there, rainbow jihad, you know, put anything in there. The same principle would apply. First, let's check our own motivations. Is Are we doing this out of pride or are we doing this sacrificially, out of service to our Lord? That's the first thing we should check Constantly because if it's about the latter then the perseverance of the saints becomes a lot well i wouldn't say easy but it would it's still easier to understand the reason why we're doing these things jesus pontius pilate is questioning christ in a in a in the back room as he's being accused by the religious leaders of leading a sedition and Jesus says to him, "For this reason, I came into the world to testify to the truth. so that's our reason so if he's if 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 we're his and and he is ours, and we take on the 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 identity of our master of our Savior of our Lord, then for this reason, we remain in this world and we occupy in this world until he returns, to testify to the truth. That's often why you hear me say the truth is its own reward. All we do is testify to the truth. What they do with it or don't do with it, not our problem. So, are you just holding firm because of the ego and you don't want to give in? Or are you testifying to the truth? And sometimes what you're going to find is, you know what? I really kind of was just holding on for ego, but the more and more I examine this, it's I still had the right position, just maybe from the wrong motivation. And now, now you realize, so I'm just going to handle it differently. And I'm re-energized to stand in the gap. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's why it, it, there's always value in, in checking our, our motivations. That ultimately our motivation ought to be to testify to the truth. To testify to the truth. That's why we're here. Testify to the truth. So that would be my first thing for you, Vaughn, is to question that. And I think when, when you come to a right and proper understanding of your own motivations, I think you'll find your resolve will be strengthened accordingly.
2: Speaking of testifying to the truth, the next question is from Lee Train, who wants to know if you've heard of the Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord hypothesis.
1: I, I've heard of virtually every Jar Jar Binks theory, okay? But I ha, it, I, I'm a little familiar with this one,
2: yes. So basically, Palpatine was orchestrating everything behind the scenes. Jar Jar is mysteriously... Embedded in, in certain, uh, what do you think of that? Do you think that's actually true? No. Okay. No, I don't. Moving on. <laughs> Di um, Bellator says, what is your opinion on the Christian pacifist tradition as practiced by the Anabaptists, Amish Mennonites, and the like? I assume you disagree with it, but why? We've got uh, 60 I, seconds left here. I left you oh, hanging out to dry.
1: I didn't even look at the clock. <laughs> yeah,
0: we okay. need to carry that one
2: over.
1: Yeah, we will. we will carry that one over. Okay, but yes. Um, well first of all, you know, I disagree with it because I'm not Amish, Quaker,
0: Anabaptist well, or a Mennonite. That's because they don't have TVs. That's why you don't with yes. it. To-
1: well, <laughs> I will admit that's a that's that 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 has played a role. It, it certainly played a role in helping me to aggressively pursue the 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 the, the, the and rightly divide the hermeneutic on this particular question. Okay. <laughs> nice Wait to undermine me way to undercut me although it's totally accurate so I appreciate it but um, uh, in general um, Christ comes and confronts culture head on confronts it head on doesn't retreat to a quiet his own private Idaho but he comes and confronts it head on. I'll have more to say about this here when we come back. So you like a good snack throughout the course of the day, but you'd rather not pack on the pounds doing it. I've got great news for you because Built Bar is here to save the day. It's The best thing that came out of 2020. Now, don't laugh. I know it's a low bar, okay? No pun intended. But Built Bar, see what I didn't mean to do there. Uh, But Built Bar would have cleared it even if 2020 wasn't such a crappy year because it's the best protein bar you've ever had. All great flavors, all covered in real chocolate, uh, up to 18 grams of protein, 180 calories or less. Even if you get one of the more, shall we call them, decadent flavors like coconut brownie chunk, you can't beat it. Um, You're just not going to find a better product uh, with more nutrition and less sugar and calories. And I should also mention... Easy on the tummy as well. All right. So if you want to save 15% off your built bar order, use the promo code DACE when you go to built.com. B U I L T for built.com. Use my last name, DACE, as your promo code. They'll give you 15% off at com. All right. A question we just lost track of the clock. Let's repeat the question that was asked of me right before the break. All right. So let's put it up there
2: again. Do you mind? So this is Di Bellator. Uh, Apologies if I'm mispronouncing that. What is your opinion on the Christian pacifist tradition as practiced by the Anabaptists, Amish, Mennonites, and the like? I assume you disagree with it, but why? Uh, I don't believe you, you can claim to be
1: Trinitarian Orthodox and a pacifist. Because... The God in the Old Testament who orders the Israelites to go into Canaan and become my, here's your sword, your army, you're my real-time urban renewal program. And they weren't serving CDC-approved eviction notices, right? right? They were going to war. Either if you're a Trinitarian, the God who ordered that is Jesus. Jesus is God. So, I'm, and of course, if you run astray of Trinitarianism, you know, my belief on that is you're somewhere from error to other places you don't want to be, according to historic Christianity. So, right away, you're denying the character of God in your pacifism. And then, what about the end of the story? Jesus returns with a sword in his mouth and a robe dipped in blood. He returns to wage war. So, I, I just don't see how pacifism lines up with the character of God on any level. Now, I've got a lot of respect for the, the character in the film Hacksaw Ridge. The movie was brilliantly done by Mel Gibson. Because what's happened in these Anabaptist traditions is they haven't just become pacifists, they've become retreatists. At least the gentleman in the movie Hacksaw Ridge is like, oh no, this evil must be confronted, and I'm going to, I'm going to confront it up until violating my no-violence credentials, or, or I shouldn't say credentials, convictions. What these traditions you've cited have done is I think they've not only denied some of the full aspect of God's character and persona, but then they've just retreated from the world itself. Now, why would you have to retreat from the world itself? Because there's no non-confrontational way to engage the world. And the minute we get into any form of confrontation, it can escalate, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just that they don't want to do any violence. They don't want to do any confrontation. I will listen to those who would argue against a non-violent approach. I don't agree with it, but when you, when you go from non-violence to non-engagement, you just don't get any more engaging than God coming in the flesh in the form of a human child to be Emmanuel, God with us, to, to, have, to get tired as we do, to have to use the restroom as we do, to get hungry as we do, to thirst as we do, you don't get any more confrontational than that. So there's pacif- what is often described as pacifism in these traditions is really passivity. That would be my answer.
2: Next up, I'm really interesting uh, or interested to see your answer on this one from Jay Claw. Is it time to start civil disobedience in our large corporations, yes. such as in clever ways that result in quiet but significant loss in productivity? We know that about half of the workforce is in no mood to be mandated.
1: Uh, resounding yes. Yep. So you do these things now while you still have a platform so that they then can't take your platform away later. This is why I keep saying if this were to devolve to violence, that would be a failure on our part. It's because we did not use the peaceable means we have to push back. So our friend Shannon Joy sent me something that in Rochester, a large group of nurses have basically said to the medical facility up there in Rochester, New York, uh, you, good luck firing us all, can't replace us all, we're not doing your vaccine mandate. Yes, that's an act of civil disobedience. Yes. I mean, there is a long cherished tradition of civil disobedience, really from the very beginning of Christianity. When the Sanhedrin, who was the ruling, not just the religious, but also the civil rulers, because the religious code was the civil code. When they said to Peter and John, you are not permitted to, to preach this Jesus as Messiah message any longer, they got there before the Sanhedrin woke up at the temple the next day and were preaching it again. That is an act of civil disobedience.
0: This doves, dovetails so perfectly with the question. Yes, it you does.
1: Just, uh... Yes, it does. See, pacifism, true pacifism, can be a noble position even if I don't agree with it theologically. When it is not an excuse for passivity. Unfortunately, most of the time, pacifism is a code word for passivity. So I go back to Hacksaw Ridge. Andrew Garfield's character was not passive in any way, shape, or form in the face of evil. So anything he could do to stand up to it short of committing an act of violence that violated his conscience, he did those things
0: in the most famous examples MLK Gandhi yes again fire hoses dogs yes. i mean they weren't passive
1: yes so passivity is what we often describe as pacifism in our culture today but the reality is civil disobedience they were high pressured water hosed because they refused to comply not because they were complying Nero cut off Paul's head because he refused to comply, not because he was complying. Peter was hung upside down because he refused to comply, not because he was complying. So, I mean, there's too much freedom in this country. Rich by our equivalent millionaires or billionaires of the 18th century. Almost all of them wealthy landowners signed on to a document pledging their lives, fortunes, and sacred honors. And a lot of them paid it. A lot of them either were killed or ended up broke when it was over. The idea that we can't sacrifice a forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollar a year job. Really? Okay then, that's your God. Bow down, worship your idol. Love your monkey. Touch it. Let's see. that's easy for you to say. Really? Really? We The show hasn't risked anything in the
0: last year and a half? No, we've risked some things.
1: Yeah. Boy, man, if we were wrong about anything last March or April, would we be sitting here today in August of 2021?
2: No. No. We were toast. I'd be working at come and go.
1: No doubt. I'd be failing the quick trip managerial exam again. All right. Circle of life, baby. <laughs> yeah. So the, <laughs> you do these things so that you don't have to do worse things later on. Absolutely. Is it time for civil disobedience? You bet it is. Mass civil disobedience. The spirit of the age isn't going to stop until the cost of imposing on you becomes higher than it's willing to pay. Why did they stand in front of those high water pressure hoses in the South in the 50s and 60s? Because there were a lot of white folks living in places like Iowa, Ohio, Michigan, Illinois. They weren't living in the most racially, even though there was no slavery or segregation in those places, they weren't living in the most racially diverse neighborhoods at the time, fair? Fair. And so their kids would come home from school, they'd slap the TV dinner on the TV tray, turn on a little news before Milton Burrow came on and they'd sit there with their kids watching black folks get high pressure water hose to the face of by Walter Cronkite and Walt and Roger Mudd and Edward R. Murrow every night. And the kids start would look at mom and dad and say, why is that happening in America? And even if mom and dad weren't from the most racially enlightened generation, they got really uncomfortable taking those questions from their kids every night. Right. Yep. So now they start talking to their congressmen, senators. Hey, you guys need to make that stop. We don't, I don't like the conversations we're having at home. I I, I don't like the things my kids are asking me. That's grotesque. That has to stop. In other words, the cost of continuing that behavior by the spirit of the age, because that was the spirit of the age too. The cost of doing it became so high it couldn't afford to pay it any longer. But for that cost to reach that high, they had to be willing to defy. And so are we we're going to have to be willing to defy. And it isn't until the cost of our defi- of, of putting our defiance down is too high that you will get the spirit of the age to yield. That's why this is only going to end when we make it end. And that's what government by the consent of the governed means. Let me tell you about Real estate agents I trust before we get to a final question here. If you are getting involved in the real estate market and given what's going on, both in the real estate market, but markets overall, I would highly suggest if you're thinking about doing it this year, now is the time. Particularly if you want to sell, housing values are soaring. But if you even want to get into that next home, you don't know what this economy is going to look like here in the third or fourth quarter because we got a lot of 2008 type of trend lines staring us right in the face so in these unprecedented times Bing. make sure you go in with a real estate agent you can trust now where would you find such a person well the name kind of says it all realestateagentsitrust.com that's the website chances are you might even run into a real estate agent from this very audience because that's where it began connecting trustworthy agents with clients deserving of them in this audience and then that network just kind of mushroomed from there realestateagentsitrust.com again realestateagentsitrust.com
2: uh, one more quick and easy one to close this out. Maccabea says, if Calvinism is true, why bother with anything? Um,
1: let's, let's just remove that term. Because you guys know what I think about terms. Okay. And let's go to the idea of God predestining who is to be saved. Okay. Uh, one, one person is qualified to open the book of life. Who is it?
2: One person qualified. Yeah, who's
1: the only person qualified to open the book of life?
2: The, lamb, the yeah. lamb
1: slain before the foundation of the world. Who's that? Jesus. Jesus. Who, who was it that sent this note? Maccabeus. Maccabeus? You ain't he. So you're not qualified to open the book of life and see who's in there. I'm not. You're not, right? right. Now this, by the way, is not an argument for this soteriology. It's just pointing out that this is a bad argument against it, okay? Number one, even if—you even if know what? I'll even stick with the term. Even if all five of the tulips in Calvinism are true, did God still tell you to go out and evangelize?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So then
1: what should you do when God tells you to do something? Do it. Do it. Should you just do it anyway? Yeah. Yeah, because who's God? Him. And who's not? Me. Me, yeah. Who is the only one qualified to open the book of life? Jesus. Jesus. Who's he? God. Yeah, God. Who are you not? God. God. So you see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's other arguments you can make against Calvinism. This would not be one of them. In fact, you're actually affirming the argument for Calvinism because you're showing them how how much we truly disdain the sovereignty of God. That your argument is, if God doesn't make something worth my time... As I understand it, why should I do it? That's a pretty total depravity kind of impulse. So, so God has to make it worth your time, really, uh, because God said so. That's why, period. Like, I, I, that's not a good argument against Calvinism. It's it's not. In fact, you're probably going to affirm people in their Calvinism by showing how much disdain you truly have for the sovereignty of God that unless God shows you there will be an ROI up front that you find worthy of your time, you just won't invest your time into something God told you to do. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's not a good argument.
2: Uh, Final thoughts. You want one more question? Okay, if we think we have time, yeah, sure. I think so. Um, just quick, Willie 47 says, what are your estimated odds that our country will ever have fair and honest elections without phony ballot stuffing as seen in 2020? Uh,
1: Ask me that again after this midterm election without Trump on the ballot directly, okay? Because by every trend line, I mean, they've, th- there's a train... I hear the train are coming. It's rolling down the tracks. I mean, that, by every discernible data point they about to get polaxed over there on team D in this upcoming midterm. I mean, it's going to take something beyond dramatic. Okay. I mean, the economic numbers the the confusion on COVID, the massive downturn on um on, um, uh, on optimism for the country. I mean, these are, just as we were talking earlier, we got some 2008 kind of economic trend lines. Yeah. We got some 1994, 2014 kind of trend lines coming for next year. Okay? That's why I want you to ask me that question again. Because if these trend lines were to continue and you end up with anything other than a Democrat purge, then I would tell you your odds are probably pretty low. You know what I'm saying? So ask me this question again after we have this midterm election. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Because that's how you'll find out if Trump was a convenient excuse or if they're just going to run this playbook every single time now. Right. That'll do it for today's show. We are back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace.
2: On the Blaze Radio Network.